0: Hey there, welcome to The Third Seat. This is the show where we have open and honest dialogues with experts who have a unique perspective to share straight to you. I'm your host, Daniel Trinum with Croft and & Frost, and I'm excited to bring you today's episode. As always, all links as well as relative information will be in the description of this episode down below. Thanks for tuning in, now let's join into the conversation. I'm really excited to bring you all another episode with my guest today. Uh, my guest is someone that works here in the Chattanooga area. She is a Uh, From what I can tell, a very accomplished individual, someone who works a lot in the community here in Chattanooga. She is the current president and CEO of Urban League of Greater Chattanooga. And along with that, she has worked with many different organizations and many different industries here in Chattanooga to build the community up, to invest in this community and cause it to continue to grow into the future. So Candy, thank you very much for joining me on today's episode.
1: Thank you, Daniel. Thank you for having me on the third seat. Um, Exciting times here in Chattanooga and I've been living here for about five years now so Tennessean through and through uh born and raised in Clarksville Tennessee but um thrilled to be a resident of Chattanooga Hamilton County so thank you for having me today
0: yeah I'm glad to have you on here and uh you know I was prior to this and kind of in preparation I was reading up on you a little bit and kind of checking out some of the work that you've done. And you mentioned Clarksville and I saw that, uh, I, I didn't see what age, but I saw when you were younger, you were elected one of the youngest members or maybe the youngest member of the Clarksville City Council. Is that, is that correct?
1: Yes, it is. I was actually <laughs> in my uh, last semester of graduate school. Really? And I was actually inspired uh, by my grandmother. Okay. Who is, was, she's, um, she passed away about seven years ago, um, a civil rights leader in my hometown, restaurant owner, entrepreneur. Um, and she worked in civil service and my mother Mm -hmm. as well. And so it was kind of, you know, in my blood to serve the community, (laughs) watching them. Um, and you know, and I went through college and majored in public management, Mm -hmm. thought, okay, I want to be a bureaucrat. I want (laughs) to work in government. And so, um, I didn't do that right out of college. (laughs) I was an admissions counselor working with students, but it's still serving, Mm -hmm. right? And it's all interconnected with what I do now, Mm -hmm. Um, but helping students get that opportunity to um, enter college, post-secondary education. And then I went to graduate. Well, I was at a crossroads of should I go get my JD? Mm -hmm. So I was thinking about law school Mm -hmm. um, right after um, undergraduate. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, Well, maybe I'll get a master's. And mm-hmm. so, um, got married mm-hmm. to my college sweetheart. Yeah. And he was like, Well, you know, maybe maybe you should get your masters, you know, you probably need to get a job and yeah. not go to yeah. law school full time. <laughs> and at that time I had a, a young, you know, child mm-hmm. when I was in college. Yeah. So she was about maybe four so at that a time. A lot of things going on. A lot of things up. going on. Yeah. So it's like <laughs> go to law school or get my MPA, which is like next kind of to that in governmental um, jobs. And so went to Murray State, Mm -hmm. Um, I was inspired. I read a book called Unlimited Power Mm -hmm. by Tony Robbins.
0: Yes, yes.
1: And that was what kind of sparked it along with my, you Mm -hmm. know, my background and Mm -hmm. and family. And I said, you know, I'm gonna serve and I'm gonna run for office. Mm -hmm. And so by the time I was elected, I was 25. It was very non-traditional yeah. campaign. Yes, um, yeah. I had mostly family who were, you know, campaign workers, and ran the whole campaign under a thousand dollars. Wow, wow! You're talking about signage, yeah. being
0: resourceful. Yeah, you know? being very resourceful.
1: Yeah, and I had two other um, opponents, mm-hmm. and I was the youngest one, so I was 25. And I remember that morning waking up, and it was 2008. And I saw big picture of President Obama because that was the year he won. Mm-hmm. First black president. Yeah, yeah. And then I saw a tiny little picture <laughs> of myself and it said Johnson wins uh, War Five. It was just surreal. Yeah, yeah. To, you know, not have, you know, I had volunteered a lot on mm-hmm. campus, being very involved at Austin Peay State University and mm-hmm. student government, mm-hmm. um, just all of the Civic life, helping to start a homeless mm-hmm. uh, program called Room in the Inn mm-hmm. um, for those who didn't have a place to sleep during the winter months, and so service was just always in my blood, and that was just another way, not the only way, but to serve. Yeah, and it was a great experience. That's but.
0: great. So, looking back on that that experience you had, you said you were you say you were, you you were twenty five. whatever you were, yeah. Old. Well, that's that that is. You said untraditional for the regarding the you know amount of money you had for the campaign, but it, you don't hear that very often. So I mean that's just that's crazy to me. But looking back on that experience in your life, and you know looking now at the work that you do with Urban League, how do you feel that that experience is? Was that really your your first major experience in like bureaucratic government or working in a community at large? I mean, I know you said you did some you know involvement in the community reg- whenever you were in school and stuff like that, but was that your first ever real? real-world, hands-on, this is my job, You know, kind of experience in, in that realm?
1: And, and not so much. Um, when I was in college, my mentor, mm-hmm. um, Joe Pitts, whenever I write a book one day, it's gonna have a chapter that says <laughs> everybody needs a Joe. He's the current mayor of my hometown yeah. now. Um, we went to church together. Mm-hmm. And my senior year of undergraduate, I needed an internship, but again, I was a single mom mm-hmm. working at a bank. Mm-hmm going to class, trying to figure out how do I fit in an internship for college credit? And so Joe said, why don't you um, come intern at the mayor's office? Mm -hmm. He was in the mayor's office, Mayor Don Trotter, and I um, said, that would be great. And he worked around my schedule, which was very limited. And so my first project um, was working as an intern, kind of like, you know, you mentioned an intern here. And um, my dream right after that internship was to work at the Tennessee Housing and Development Agency because I had been involved with the homelessness Mm -hmm. um, issue in in Clarksville and Mm -hmm. helped to create this Room in the Inn uh, program, getting together pastors, Mm -hmm. um, along with my supervisor, Rita. And immediately I thought, I wanna help people with housing. Well, funny story is you know how you're out of college, you put in all these applications. You think I know, I know everything that needs to be done because I have my degree <laughs> yeah. in public management. I yeah. know how this is supposed to work, but yeah. I really didn't know a whole yeah. lot. Yeah, um, and applied three times mm-hmm. to work in um, the Tennessee THDA yeah. to work on Section Eight mm-hmm. vouchers. Mm-hmm. I wanted to work in that program, and so for the third interview, three different jobs. Mm-hmm. The third interview that I had. Um, it was, oh, you made it to the top three, but we went with another candidate that yeah. just had a little more experience. Yeah. So, you know, you heard that. And so I was very yeah. frustrated, yeah. recent college graduate. Mm-hmm. And then going back to being involved, God works in just tremendous ways because my, my desire was to work with housing and homelessness. Mm-hmm. Right. So I get on the city council. Mm-hmm. And the current mayor at that time, you know, they appoint new council members mm-hmm. to different committees. Yeah. And so he called and said, Well, what committees, you know, are you interested in? And I said, I'm interested in working in with housing and helping with those initiatives in the community um to give people access to housing. And he said, uh, well, we don't have that committee. He said, but I tell you what, we'll create one. And so he created a new committee called the um, community housing agency or community development agency. Um, committee. And so I got to serve on that committee and we looked at, you know, HUD grants and revitalization Mm -hmm. and all these things that I wanted in a full-time job, but Mm -hmm. I was actually blessed to do it in an elected role, which puts you in a better position to make policies um, and to apply for grants and help in that way. Mm -hmm. So not really my first experience, but I guess my first paid and elected um, experience.
0: Yeah. And so looking back at, you know, the experience that you had at a relatively young age, all things considered, how do you feel that that influences and impacts and, and kind of how do you feel like that set the the groundwork for what you're doing now with Urban League? Because I, I prior to looking into you know you and, and what you do, I was personally unfamiliar with Urban League, but I was looking to some of the work that y'all do and it seems very community oriented. It's very Absolutely. working to, you know, it, it made it sound like it wasn't the only, you know, Chattanooga isn't the only place the Urban League yeah. exists in, uh, but it seemed like wherever Urban League is at, specifically here in Chattanooga, it's very community oriented working to improve Uh, conditions abroad. And that definitely seems to be in line with your experience that you're detailing to me whenever you were young and running for city council and working in the community, you know, whenever you're in your twenties.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Actually, my entire career um, journey Mm -hmm. has prepared me for the Urban League. Mm -hmm. Like this is my dream job, Yeah. right? I never knew that I would be in this position. I didn't actually go out looking for a job at this time. Mm -hmm. So you think about it, you know, transitioning from College to elected role to working for a school system Mm -hmm. for seven years. So, you think about public education and the challenges that we deal with there. So, that's education. Mm -hmm. Worked in higher education. So, you think about access, um, retention, and completion Mm -hmm. of college going. Um, And then you think about I worked in policy at the Nashville Chamber, Mm -hmm. right? So, you think about the policy aspect of getting things done and helping with economic development in your community. So, everything was a build up. Mm -hmm. And those opportunities in between that I wanted, mm-hmm. that I didn't get access to, I actually didn't need them mm-hmm. because all of those careers prepared me. And so when you talk about how did that those opportunities prepare me um, for the work that I'm doing now, it gave me a broader mm-hmm. picture yeah. of all the pieces that work together yeah. to do what our mission says. Yeah. It is to enable African-Americans, mm-hmm. other ethnic minorities, and disadvantaged persons to secure Economic self-reliance, right? Mm -hmm. So lack of dependency on a lot of these resources. Um, Parity, so that's the equality piece, right? Power and civil rights. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. so when you think about that power piece, how do you have power when you're not in control of making decisions Mm -hmm. for yourself when you don't have um, a degree or a credential Mm -hmm. or some type of post-secondary? How do you have power when you don't have access or aren't able to own a home, Mm -hmm. right? We know that, Black families who own a business have eight times more wealth mm-hmm. than those who do not. That is power yeah. and ownership. It is creating a legacy. And then when you talk about, um, you know, the the work of the Urban League around um, inclusion and leadership, mm-hmm. we have programs that are focused on that. So every one of those um, job career opportunities I've had have... Given me a better picture of how all the pieces work together. And mm-hmm. so if I had worked in you know education for my entire career, mm-hmm. I may not have the picture of how the policy making piece impacts exactly. what you can or can't yeah. do in education. If yeah. I hadn't been in the elected seat, yeah. I may not have understood how to get those resources and how to collaborate with governmental yeah. um, bodies. And I forgot, I also served as senior advisor for Mayor Burke. Mm-hmm. Um, when I came to Chattanooga, there wasn't really I'll be honest, there wasn't really an opportunity just waiting there mm-hmm. for me. It wasn't an opportunity um, for me to utilize my skill set. And one day the mayor's office called and said they were interested in talking to me. And I was just doing consulting um, at that time and it happened to be exactly what I needed to do the work at the Urban League because I understood what was going on in the county because I was heavily involved with my husband's Mm -hmm. role in the school system, but understanding how the city um, government worked here, which was pretty similar to my hometown. We have two Mm -hmm. um, city and county government. Mm -hmm. So I would say, you know, being that the Urban League has been here about almost 40 years, this will be our 40th year, Mm-hmm. Um, we're just one of 90 plus affiliates across the U.S. Um, that have a similar mission, you know, focusing on health, education, entrepreneurship, um, you know, just overall better quality of life. Because in 19, the early 1900s, when the National Urban League was founded um, by a Jewish female and an African American male, they were trying to help slaves that were freed who were migrating from the South, mm-hmm. right? moving to the north to find economic opportunity. So at the end of the day, you know, if you think about the urban, we're not a, we were originally founded really with a lot of those social service um, pieces, but we really evolved to say, we are an economic development organization. Right, which benefits the community when you have less people in poverty. It benefits um, the GDP when you have entrepreneurs who are creating jobs. Mm -hmm. Um, So it is full circle. Urban League is needed in a community, Mm -hmm. especially like a Chattanooga because the data here shows in our recent State of Black Chattanooga report um, that black Chattanoogans only experience 60% parity Mm -hmm. or equality with white residents. And so, what does that mean? You know, it's it's a lot of moving pieces and parts, yeah. and the Urban League can't do it alone. But that's why we have to have partners like city government, like foundations, like stakeholders in the community, mm-hmm. um, to help us move the needle to help with racial, social, and economic yeah. equity in our community.
0: Yeah, and you know, stuff like that, like it tells me that there's opportunity for individuals and entities like you know yourself and Urban League to come into these communities and make the difference that you're making. You know, it's it's cool to me that like you've been saying obviously this job like you, you described it as your your dream job and you know, when you were maybe 20 or so, you may not have known like oh, that's exactly what I want to do at that time, but the cool thing of what you what you've been talking about is how these these each individual experiences that you've had have prepared you for this moment, because like you said, uh, your time in higher education showed you the not only the importance of it, but how access to it can make or break some people, how it can really impact different individuals and different families, but then you also contrasted that with the fact that your experience in government, whether local or state or or whatever, uh, can obviously make a difference from a policy standpoint, and I think it's really cool that not only were you individually able to culminate all these experiences and use them in a way that not only benefits the community, but the work that you do, it doesn't just stop at the individual families or the or the individuals that you help, It, it it's kind of like a, a cycle. You know, it like, like you said, if you're able to help an individual or a family get out of a situation that they're in and get into a better standing, it obviously helps that family, but then it helps the community at large because that burden has been lifted off that individual and that family, and now it's been lifted off the community as a whole and allows for better, you know, Just a better overall health of the community entirely, and I think it's really cool. I think that's that's really cool and and interesting that you all do that, and I think it's very important work that you all do, considering the state of just the world as it is. You know, Uh, and it's it's really cool. What specifically with Urban League? You know, I I know that you all are you all a nonprofit organization. So, so what exactly? You know, and you don't have to go into every single specific, but what exactly do you all do in the community? Like, How do you all go about the work that you all do in, in making these impacts that you're talking about with the individuals and communities here?
1: So you mentioned a big part of it, it's educating the community on who we are, what we do and how we do it and who we do it with, right? And so when I came to the Urban League, my predecessor, amazing man, Mr. Warren E. Logan Jr., um, he's deceased now, but um, he had a 25 year history serving as the CEO and then you're bringing in he was looking for a new generation of leadership, right? How do you come in and create the Urban League of the future to be more responsive mm-hmm. to the emerging needs, not only of the African American community, but other disadvantaged persons. We don't just serve African Americans. We also serve a lot of white women mm-hmm. when it comes to entrepreneurship. We serve a lot of Hispanic families. Um, so. When I came, we really, using the background that I had coming from all of those different sectors, Mm -hmm. um, and then coming immediately from the mayor's office who had just worked on something called the Chattanooga Dream, which was focused on how do we help more families of all backgrounds um, experience upward economic mobility. Mm -hmm. So I was a part of that. So I took past knowledge, Mm -hmm. right? And they call it boundary spanning is what researchers say. Mm -hmm. And said, how do we take this and use it to move the Urban League forward to serve people better, right? And be more culturally responsive to the needs that we have post COVID, right? Mm-hmm. We know the educational attainment rate, less than 17% um, for African Americans, which is double mm-hmm. for our other uh, backgrounds. And so we set up what are called empowerment centers to focus on integrated services. So we have three empowerment centers, which we um, build you know, have programs. So mm-hmm. we have the Center for Education, Workforce, mm-hmm. and Family Empowerment. We felt like you couldn't have education alone without the family empowerment piece. So that's mm-hmm. the health, right? Mm-hmm. That's the financial literacy. So it's both and. We don't just focus on, oh, go get a credential mm-hmm. or go get a degree. Yeah. That's yeah. one thing. But yeah. if someone is struggling in other aspects of their lives, just that. Yeah. absolutely. Yeah. So that's what that center consists of. So we have five after um, after-school programs. Mm-hmm. Um, three of them, four of them are in elementary school and one is in a middle school, mm-hmm. typically in our urban um, schools that we focus on academic support, so tutoring. So parents may not have the resources to go pay for a tutor. Yeah. Uh, we actually have in that center also a citywide literacy program, a major grant that we got through the state in partnership with the school system where we do virtual literacy tutoring. There was a lot um, recently in the media about um, students in Hamilton County not being on grade level mm-hmm. or proficient for reading. I think it was less than one third mm-hmm. of students. Yeah. And so um, we know that K through three, you learn to read and third through the rest of your life, you read to learn. Yeah. And so if mm-hmm. you are not readers, so we have a heavy focus on literacy. Um, in addition, in that center, we have a national achiever society program mm-hmm. that is for students of color, that's focused on civic leadership, academic achievement and post-secondary success. And so we work with, um, we actually have applications open now so students of color can apply. Um, You have to be a high school Hamilton County student and we work with you for three years of three to four years of your high school career with all types of opportunities. So many other things in that center. You can go to our website and then we have the center for equity and inclusive leadership. Um, My predecessor started a program called Inclusion by Design in 2017, which I was fortunate to be a consultant on that project in 2018 Mm -hmm. in his second year. Um, And that that was created to help equip women and people of color with the skills and knowledge to excel in an executive role in this community. So there was an absence of leadership of color and women in some of these executive roles, so the C-suite. So we have a 10-month program with a curriculum partner uh, coming from the Sam Walton, the Walmart Mm -hmm. Foundation, and then it was like milestone leadership. One of our most successful leadership programs, we're seven years, well, seven years in, and we've got about a 60% promotion rate of those who have graduated from our program. Wow. And I learned a lot just by sitting in being yeah. an evaluator of the program. Yeah. We've got a mid-career professionals leadership program that we started, so it's for just that middle you know, career mm-hmm. professional to help learn what it means to be a civic-minded, and strategic leader before you can even get to that level. And then finally in that center, what I'm very proud of is our State of Black Chattanooga. So all of our policy Mm -hmm. and advocacy work lives throughout the organization, but the actual planning for it lives within that center. And so we have a policy, Mm -hmm. um, a senior policy and research um, analyst that we hired last year released the first ever State of Black Chattanooga report, about 40 page report, Mm -hmm. data heavy, talks about what some of the things are that we need to do to help um, move the needle Mm -hmm. for um, people of color. And then we have Young Professionals. There's so much under that center as okay. well. And then our final center um, that most of our programming lives under for entrepreneurship is our Center for Economic mm-hmm. and African American Business Success. Mm-hmm. We have some long-standing business accelerator programs mm-hmm. um, that we had since 2015, it's called Next Level. Mm-hmm. And it helps that business that is really a little more established, so three years mm-hmm. um, in business, generating revenues of at least $150,000 or more mm-hmm. with two or more employees help them to plan for the future of their business mm-hmm. and move from that 150 to that 500,000, yeah. yeah. 500 to a million. Yeah. And then we have some other um, coaching and training and back office supports mm-hmm. for entrepreneurs. So. Yeah. Like I said, it is not just <laughs> providing, you know, meals or cause we yeah. don't really do a whole lot of that. Yeah. There are so many other amazing nonprofits mm-hmm. who offer that service. So we try to fill those gaps mm-hmm. where um, people of color and, and other disadvantaged persons don't have access and opportunity uh, readily available to them. So we connect people with resources, yeah. knowledge, to then create sustained power mm-hmm. for those communities who have been left out of the prosperity of Chattanooga.
0: Yeah, and and you're as you're describing all this to me, the theme throughout. I mean, I'm sure that's not a comprehensive list. Like I'm sure there's a lot of you know small things <laughs> that happen all. here. Yeah, uh, but the the thing that keeps coming up to me is that you all do a lot of direct assistance, and you all, you know, if someone has a need, you're obviously going to do whatever you can to help out, but the main theme of it all seems to be empowerment. It's not about just fulfilling a need, or an immediate need, or an immediate desire. It kind of goes back to like the old saying of, I forget whatever it is, but you know, uh, you can give a man a fish for a day and he can eat, but if you can teach a man to fish, he'll eat for the rest of his life, you know? It's not just about supplying them for that day or for that week, it's about showing them that you can do it on your own. Here's we can help you with a path forward on your own and allow you to take the reins and take the mantle and go forward. And as you're saying this, the it it reminds me of what you were talking about earlier about people in your life that have impacted you. You know, you mentioned uh, a man named Joe that if you if you ever write a book one day, there's going to be a a chapter all about him. You talked about your your grandmother. You talked about your mother, and it seems like that's been the theme throughout all of it. Is it's not just about uh, you know, specific with with Urban League and in, the, in these individuals, it's not just about oh, you need something to eat here. I'll give you a plate yeah. of food, or oh, you're cold here. I'll give you a blanket. That is one part of it, but it's about showing these individuals and empowering them to be able to do it on your own. You know, absolutely, yeah. you're 100 percent
1: correct, and that's why we name them empowerment centers, yeah. right? Yeah. Because when you and I said I want that word on our on our new building, we just moved into our first ever yeah. headquarters. Yeah. Um, that we own because it is about power right Mm -hmm. Um, and I said I want that word empowerment somewhere when you Mm -hmm. first walk in the building or I actually said empowered because when you walk in the building I don't care if you're a a white person Mm -hmm. who walks in that building I want you to feel empowered Mm -hmm. when you walk out of that building whether it's a racial equity class Mm -hmm. that you take because we offer that to um, all people in the community to learn more about how do we get to where we are Mm -hmm. as a people how did we get such disparities regarding race in our community whether it be health there are disparities whether it be educational attainment Mm -hmm. whether it be business ownership less than approximately two percent of employer-owned businesses are Mm african-american in this community two percent of all small businesses or businesses in general Mm -hmm. so how do we get there and so it's never a for us in your face Mm -hmm. you guys did something wrong Mm -hmm. you're 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 bad people or you know Um, it is about educating. And Mm. so when you're educated, right, and you're in search of knowledge, then you're empowered. So it is all about empowerment, and that's why in our mission it initially says, to enable, right, to enable the people that we serve to be able to have access to those things. Mm -hmm. And so you do, you know, you say you give a man a fish, right, we are not in turn just a social service agency, we, I like to describe us as an economic, development agency, because once you get all those things right, Mm -hmm. you can then have true economic prosperity for all people in your community. Mm -hmm. And so we can't serve every single person in the community. We just don't have enough resources to do that. And that's why we focus on those individual populations Who have, based on the data mm-hmm. that we found um, in Chattanooga and Hamilton County, who are not experiencing the same prosperity mm-hmm. as others yeah. um, in the community. So, yeah, it is all about empowerment.
0: That's awesome. That is awesome. Uh, you know, I, I want to ask you something a little bit just about you specifically. You, you, know, you mentioned, Earlier, uh, just the impact that some of the individuals in your life that we've been talking about—you know, your mother and your grandmother—and uh, and just the impact that they had on you, and how that, you know, they may not have obviously didn't know it at the time, but uh, these impacts they had on you—they've obviously played out in your life down, you know, downstream effects. What do you hope that you personally, with with Urban League, and and you know, obviously the future is no one knows what the future looks like, but what do you hope the future of Urban League and the impact that you leave on the individuals that you come in contact with looks like in the future for you? Yeah, I know that's a big loaded question. Yeah. So,
1: um, so I think in life we all need hope, mm-hmm. right? And I know that's a jargony yeah. overused word, yeah. but it really is about hope, mm-hmm. right? For the single mother who is working in a low wage job mm-hmm. with three or four kids yeah. and can't make ends meet, she needs hope, right? Mm-hmm. And you come to the Urban League or. You have a conversation. You know, I'm literally in a grocery store having a conversation. Oh, mm. you need access to a better job? Yeah, we work with companies who pay more than fifteen dollars an hour. Yeah, like that is our threshold. It's mm. not the right um, desired wage, but that is what we promote. Is that if you don't pay at least that, we don't mm. work with your yeah. um, organization. I mean, we, don't, we will work with you, but we don't spend a whole lot of time. and yeah. yeah. resources yeah. in that. And so, hope for that single mother who. And, and we have one story and, and she just texted me the other day and said, you know, um, we helped her get a job through our job um, training program and, and hiring fair with a large corporate employer here. Mm-hmm. She didn't have a college degree, mm-hmm. right? We're gonna work on that, right? yeah. we're gonna work on that. But she got a job that doubled her income, which is helping to lift her out of poverty. And when she sends me that message and says, this is a job that I never knew that I needed, mm-hmm. that I absolutely love. Yeah. And said uh, just yesterday, they've asked me to work the hiring fair that they are getting ready to have. And she was just a participant.
0: Yeah, yeah, right. she was just there on the other side of She things. was just
1: there yeah. on the other side yeah. and is thriving in that. And, and eventually she wants to own a home. Mm-hmm. And so for that young student who comes to the Urban League or like you said, me personally, what do I want people to see? you can do this, you can achieve these things, Mm -hmm. right? It's all about the will and the access to resources and people helping you along Mm -hmm. the way. Yes, Joe helped me along the way, but there were some other people. Mark, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, one of my former uh, bosses who taught me a lot about the policy Mm -hmm. landscape at the state level and the federal level. Mm -hmm. So I wanna be one of those individuals that helps people along the way, Mm -hmm. whether it's a kind word to encourage someone to say, hey, You can absolutely do that. You're amazing. You're a rock star. I tell people that all the time. I got to find a new word. I don't know, rock star, (laughs) but. um, Or to connect them. The connection is so important, the social capital piece. Mm -hmm. So being that social capital for people that may not have the opportunity or get invited to sit at some of these tables that are going to provide knowledge, that are going to provide resources. I want to be that connector Mm -hmm. um, for people. And I don't even need people to remember me. I just need people to have improved their quality of life as a result of involvement, whether it be with the Urban League or whether it be with me personally. And that's through hope um, and sharing knowledge. So anything that I learn, I want to be able to share that with the community. I want to be able to make sure that people can live the lives of their choosing. Mm -hmm. That's my only goal. And if I can say that I've been able to do that in a small way, and I feel like you know, whatever God has for me next, then that's next, but I don't really think about next yeah. at this point. Yeah. Um, because I really enjoy what I do and I wake up every day. You can ask my husband, he probably says a little <laughs> too much. I wake up every day and I fall asleep at night thinking about what can we do next that's gonna help someone improve their, yeah. their standing in life. Yeah.
0: And I think what you're talking about really it kind of the all encompassing theme of it all is is the exponential impact that People helping people can really have, you know, uh, it, it's 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 one thing for you know, like we've been talking about, if, if someone came up to you and said, "Hey, I'm really hungry. Can you do you have any food for me?" And for you say, so "Yeah, sure. Here you go." That that's one thing right there. But when you get a group of individuals, or when you get uh, that, that those downstream effects of people impacting other people that impact other people the impact that can have on a community at large or a group of individuals it extends far beyond just helping one person in one instance. It grows more than Really, anybody could do on their own, you know, and so yeah, yeah, it it multiplies and it grows. It, you know, I'm I'm thinking of just like a graph that it starts out slow and then it shoots straight up, you know, and and I think that's the cool thing about it because whether you're an individual like yourself working at Urban League or whether you're, you know, trying, you're a college student and you you just finished, maybe you're in grad school like you are and you're trying to figure out what you want to do in the world it can seem at times like the things we do on our own, the small choices only end up to be small choices and they have small impacts. But the reality is, when compounded over time and when when given the chance to grow and you know impact other people, that really does have a profound effect over time. And I think what you're talking about really just highlights that, you know?
1: You're absolutely yeah. spot on. Yeah. And I love that there's a book, um, William Faber wrote it, and it's actually been one of my favorite uh, quotes. It says, do what you love, mm-hmm in the company of those who love what you, what you do. And that's what I wake up every day. The mm-hmm. people we serve, they love what we do, mm-hmm. right? The communities love what we do and I'm doing what I love. Yeah. So it's like, if I can do that, I feel like I don't necessarily worry about career or what's next. I just do the ministry work. Cause mm-hmm. for me, this is ministry, mm-hmm. right? God is going to take care of the rest. Mm-hmm. If I just do, exactly what I love, right, which is your passion. Yeah. What would you wake up and do for free every day if you didn't get a paycheck? Yeah, I would do this, and I do like my paycheck, yeah. but at that, the that same helps. time, yeah. um, it's not the driver. And I mm-hmm. see more and more, especially in this social media society, it's like, what can I do to make a lot of money really fast? Yeah. And when you're in nonprofit work and government work and public service roles like education, you know, teachers, police, it's a calling. Mm-hmm. And so the reason you can do well at something like this is because it is a calling. And Mm -hmm. when you walk in your calling, that is when you will excel beyond your imagination. Because none of this I do alone, I have a great team, I have a great board of directors, um, and I'm constantly in a learning mode. Mm -hmm. You know, Leaders should always be learning. If you feel like you have arrived, then you need to quit leading because you're gonna cause other people to fail. And so I really, I'm just so grateful and I'm hopeful. and I hope that you know Chattanooga can be a place that young you know college graduates want to make home mm-hmm. like yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, Chattanooga can be a place where everyone can find opportunity mm-hmm. and be able to have access to it, not that opportunity is just there, um, and that we can't predict someone's future based on their zip code yeah or based on their race. You can actually predict that now with years of data that we have access to. And that's what I want to see change Um, in Chattanooga. And that's why I go so hard every day working with those who love what
0: we do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you know, I I mentioned this a little bit to you uh, yesterday, we were talking over Zoom, is that when you have an individual like that, that, they, they have their job or the work that they do, but when they're passionate about it, when they truly get happiness and joy from it, that's a special individual. And you know that was what I, I could sense a little bit about you, and, and now speaking with you in person and seeing that about you, it's, for me, it's very inspiring. I mean, I, I know that that word gets tossed around for a lot of different individuals, but that really is a rare thing because you know, who doesn't want to make you know, a lot of money? Most people would raise their yeah. hand to that. But who doesn't want to find a job that they enjoy and get happiness out of? Everybody would probably raise their hand for that. But that's really not that uncommon. Usually people have to kind of pick one or the other, or they, they have to sacrifice one or the other, you know? Uh, but finding an individual like yourself that, not only the work you do impacts the community at large, but it brings you so much fulfillment, that gives me, you know, that me as a, as a 22-year-old recent college graduate, I'm like, man, there, there's a spot out for me somewhere in the world. Absolutely. I may not know what it is right now. Just like you were talking about how you didn't know your experiences were going to lead you to where you are right now. Uh, and you know none of us may know what our experiences are leading us towards the future, but it's very inspiring to me, and I, I hope that it's inspiring to others. And I think it is, honestly. I think that what you do and the example that you said is inspiring for others and impacts people that you may not even be aware of. So I think that's great. I think that's awesome. Yeah,
1: I think it was surprising to me when you said that um, <laughs> yesterday you were like, You know, because people may look up to you and it's like, I never really think about that. I just, you know, do what I feel I'm called to do. And if it blesses somebody, but you know, I just had never really thought about that. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. Actually. (laughs) Yeah, no. And and I know exactly what you mean. I mean, at times it can, because you don't want to, you don't want to look too much on yourself. You don't want to think about like, oh, I'm doing this great work. Look how great I am. Like, you know, you don't seem like an individual that would do that, but it's good at times to think about and kind of reflect on the fact that. Whatever sector you find yourself in, whatever work you do, whatever business you work in, there are people that look up to you and say, you know, that that individual—they're doing good stuff, they're doing good work—and you know, I wouldn't be wouldn't be mad having them on my team, you know. Yeah. And so, I think you definitely fall into that category. And I think you're think yeah. you're doing great work.
1: Well, I think you're doing great work. <laughs> well, thank you. And as I was telling you, I said I'm asked to do a lot of podcasts, and I usually don't do them because I, you know, have a lot going <laughs> on. And it was something about your request and the way in which you ask and mm-hmm. how you. Position to ask, and I was like, "Absolutely yes." <laughs> I didn't even know what I would have on my calendar, but I'm like, "Yes, I will do it." So there's something inspirational about yeah. you as a person, and thank you for you yeah. know having these conversations yeah. with just your average community member that's trying to do yeah. great work. Yeah. Um, I think we can all learn something from each other, mm-hmm. and I'm learning from you here, just you know, to reflect on that. Yeah. You know, how do you um, you know show up, and how how are you helping those who may look? up to you and and what could you do there? You know, I have mentees and I've had them in the past, but specifically on a broader scale. Mm -hmm. And so thank you for helping me to think about that. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, of course. Um, As we kind of begin to wrap things up here, I wanna first and foremost just tell you, thank you for coming on today. As we mentioned just a little bit there, and we've talked about yesterday, I know you're a very busy individual and I feel just very, very honored and humbled that you're willing to come on and make some time to chat with me. And I really hope whoever listens to this or watches this, I really hope they enjoy it and gets uh, get something good out of it. I think they will. Uh, so first and foremost, like I said, thank you very much for, you. for making the time to come on and chat with me. Uh, But secondly, as just a little bit of a a thank you to you and somewhat of a a tradition now, I guess, I always like to give the guests a chance to look directly to the audience, whether you wanna, you know, whoever you wanna talk to, whether you wanna shout somebody out, whether you wanna talk about some work that you're doing that you're really excited for, really proud of, whatever you wanna do, I wanna give you the floor for a moment. So yeah, thank you very much uh, and the floor is yours.
1: Yeah, Yeah. well, thank you again. Thank you
0: Croft & Frost for bringing this opportunity, the third seat,
1: um, to the community um, to share great stories. if I had one thing to really say, because I could say a lot, so I'm gonna try to say one thing.
0: <laughs> me and you both. It don't
1: would worry. be to thank the Chattanooga Hamilton County community for your support, um, not only of the Urban League, but of me personally um, as a leader in this role. Just being about 16 months in, the support has been tremendous. I've been asked so many times, "What can we do to help? How can we, you know, help the Urban League grow?" We were able to purchase our first building with um, some lead, what we call um, early reframers, because mm-hmm. we're talking about reframing our future mm-hmm. along the East MLK corridor, making that more of a cultural hub mm-hmm. that is a gateway into the community, but also to see and experience different cultures. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just want to thank the community for all of your support, your um, investment in. I know that there is more collaboration to come. You know, in this first year, I really wanted to assess where we were as an organization and put some additional system structures and and processes in place so that we can be stronger partners, so that we can collaborate and those collaborations will be sustained um, even after my tenure, after many of your tenures and the work that you do because that's what it is all about. It's about sustained progress and growth um, for the entire community. I am super excited about a new family prosperity initiative that we will launch this fall. Um, and our goal, and we will need many, many partners and family mentors to come alongside us is to help lift 100 families out of poverty by 2025. That is a major, um, task, right? But it it has economic implications for our community. um, if we do that, and I believe that we will do that, but it is going to take even more, um, volunteer time from community members, even more expertise, Um, from community members to come in and wrap your arms around uh, the families that we will serve um, through this family prosperity initiative. So I'm really excited um, to be sharing more about that in the community and how people can get involved. And so I'm just grateful to serve. I'm grateful to be a Chattanoogan and I'm grateful um, to do this work of ministry um, that is near and dear to my heart. And so again, thank you, Chattanooga. Thank you, Daniel. And Croft & Frost for allowing me this opportunity to share a little bit um, into my life and into what the Urban League does in this community.
0: That's awesome. That's awesome. You mentioned earlier uh, the website for Urban League. I'll make sure to include that in the description. So if anybody wants to check out Urban League specifically and what they're doing, it's down there. You can go check it out. Uh, I know you're on LinkedIn as well. So I'll, if Absolutely. anybody wants to directly get in contact with you, I'll put that down there in the description. So if you want to check out Candy and what she's doing, go down there, check it out. Is there any other websites, links, or anything that is worth noting that you feel uh, the people should know about?
1: One thing worth noting is that our website is going under a renovation. <laughs> but it is up and it is active. So do expect um, for us to have a more interactive um, website that provides some direct help real time um, through some knowledge-based systems that we're integrating to be prepared for the future. So those changes are happening within the next couple of months, but our website is ulchat.net. Um, so please do connect with us. Awesome.
0: Cool. Well, I'll make sure to put that down in the description. So like I said, if you want to go in there, check it out, check out Urban League or follow along Candy with what she's doing, I highly recommend go down there and check it out and follow along. But yeah, with all that being said, Candy, thank you again for coming on. It's been a pleasure getting to meet and speak with you in person. Uh, and hopefully, maybe we'll do it in the future again yeah. sometime. So, Well, thank
1: you so much. Thank yeah. you for what you do. And thank yeah. you for being committed to the community. Yeah.
0: it's It's been a great pleasure of mine. And uh, it's been a, a pleasure getting to speak with you. So to all of you out there listening and watching, thank you, as always, for tuning into the episodes. Thank you for supporting the show and for supporting our guests that we have come on. Uh, like I said, if you have any Uh, If you want to check out what Candy is doing or check out the Urban League, the links will be down in the description. So go check those out. Go support. And uh, as always, thank you for tuning in to The Third Seat. We'll catch you on the next episode. Goodbye, everybody.